Welcome back, everybody, to Pod and Eat and our review of season three of The Boys. It's been a wee while since our last episode or since we recorded it, but you know you need to you know take some time to decompress after you've went into such detail describing a man exploding out of another man's penis. So, <laughs> so we're back covering not one, not two, but three episodes of The Boys. We have episode three. Barbary Coast, episode four, glorious five-year plan, and episode five, the last, t- the last time to look on this world of lies. They're really getting creative with these, but they, with these episode names, I don't. I'm sure they mean something to somebody, but I don't know what the fuck they're meant to mean. But I'm back here alongside the French Tomakimiko. If we're doing these guy comparisons after last. <laughs> And I do, I do a lot more talking. I don't have a nice singing voice. These girls. Hello, yeah, um, I'm here. I am here. And if you want another comparison, because I need to do this before it's out of date, Scott is the Antonio Conte to my Thomas Tuchel. Uh-huh. Uh, we we won't be shaking hands by the end of this pod, damn it. <laughs> Uh, I would never shake Carl's hand. I never know where he's been. <laughs> I mean, people don't realise episode six of uh, season three, Herogasm, is loosely based on Carl's mid twenties and the things he got up to. <laughs> I don't know if I should say this on uh, a pod, but uh, some things uh, are a million miles away, actually. <laughs> Uh you absolute crescent. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, it was a different it was a different time back then, Scott. Ah uh, yes, the oldest excuse in the book. Oldest <laughs> excuse in the body book. First it was the talk about the Nazis and then it was this. Take a lot if I were joking about the whole stormfront being a Nazi and like, oh we've all did somebody we didn't know was a Nazi, you know. Context. You never know if this is someone's first episode, and if it's your first episode, then you've made some weird decisions in your life. Hey, look, look, I, I was young in the 40s, the Hitler youth seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> Long way from fucking home being in the Hitler youth, but right? But, but yeah, I don't know how I move on from that, but. We are here to talk about the boys, as I said, but we first missed air some grievances. It's time some things were said that we've been too afraid to say, and that is that Disney Plus can shove their, shove our coverage up their arse, because not once but twice in the last few days, they have had the the gall, the gumption. They, they've just, they've dared 
to change the premiere dates of some of their upcoming shows. They had to go to change and or from the 30th of August all the way to the 21st of September, which, knowing fine well, I'll be on holiday that week. And then they took She-Hulk and the upcoming Marvel series, which will be coming after The Boys. They moved that from the 17th of August all the way to the 18th of August. JT, how am I meant to wait that long? I know. Jesus God, Christ. I, I like to think I'm a, I'm a patient man, you know, I'm a reasonable man here. But there's just only so much I can take, you know. But they've, they've got form for this as well, because they did it with Kenobi as well, didn't they? Oh, and we let that one slide, didn't we? Because they gave us two episodes and then they tried to pass on us off with Andor. So, you know, but we're giving you three episodes, like, it's not bloody good enough. And then, you know, they sent poor Ewan McGregor to the to the slaughter, making him do that little video to, to apologise. I mean, how can uh, you be I, mad at Ewan? But, you know... I just never thought a company, a corporation such as Disney, it's always been so friendly and never anything untoward has happened with that company. I just never thought they'd they'd go this down this route, you know, and insult the content makers like us who only ask for a mere fifteen thousand per episode of a one of their shows that we would review. We only asked for very little and we happily settled for a fiver each. You know, we compromised there, but there's so many compromises that we and I think it's about time we start to branch out. I'm starting to like some of these original shows that are popping up on Netflix and Amazon Prime. Maybe we should start expanding our horizons at some point. That'll show these these big wigs at bloody Disney+. Plus. Yeah, and do you know what else? They don't make you wait a whole week for the next episode either. They're oh. normally right there. You have to binge watch straight away. None of this. You're going to have to wait a whole week for the next episode. What's, what's, this is 2022. What sort of nonsense is that? I know. They're like, they're supposed to try and slow, but surely make you get used to the fucking waiting a week per episode. And then suddenly realize the world's been pulled out. Like, no, wait, this is not how, this is not how we consume television nowadays. If it's not all there for me to binge a one night, I don't want anybody to know about it. Exactly. <sighs> Mickey Mouse can stick his Disney Plus up his ass. Aye. I'll show them. They've just lost some very loyal podcasters, in my view. And I think it's, it's actions like this, as harsh as they may seem, it's the only way they're going to learn. It is. It is. <sighs> now, with that out of the way. Let's move on to Amazon, because Amazon's never done anything wrong. Let's move on to their, their top quality show, The Boys. And I mean, I'm going to give you a quick overview of the three episodes, getting all the key storylines, then we can delve into different bits and uh, in more depth. But the three key elements, I think, across the three episodes is the first one being Homelander, going even more, finding new ways to sink lore and lore <laughs> as a character and then a human being. He also gives that big speech at the end of episode two. He's basically airing all his goons, he's cutting his very own pipe bomb and he's having his legs crossed and just spews out and all the right-wing nutters and make America great again. People all suddenly rally behind him to the point where he has one of the highest scores that anyone's ever had and he's told that his approval rating's gone up so much that combined he and Starlight have a 98%. And so Homelander's keen to hold on to that and continue his whole crusade of basically speaking whatever the hell's on his mind, going on right-wing news shows and basically 
spreading off fake news and conspiracies about stuff like, oh, everyone's out to get me. So much so he starts to believe it. He decides to make he and Starlight at least in public a couple so that he can get her. Basically latch onto her and steal her approval points as well. And basically threatens what might happen to Huey if she doesn't go along with it. And even gets to the point where he's comparing himself to Martin Luther King as well. <laughs> at one point. So hmm. he's got enough to fucking defend. Just a tiny bit, yeah. He's uh, he's not quite all there, is he? Bless him. No, he's not. But then we've also got the, the revelation that I'm sure we most of us probably could have guessed if you saw that one shot, the trailer of him with the massive beard. And you'd also hope if you hadn't seen him because they put so much behind Jensen being on the show. But turns out Soldier Y isn't dead after all. He was found, he's been, he got kidnapped by the Russians. They found the story that he went out, he died a hero, but secretly he was spending all these years being experimented on by the Russians. He's got these weird new powers where occasionally he just, his chest just explodes in this massive like nuclear blast, and which he can't control quite yet. And so he's just wandering around. The boys are basically trying to get him on side, so they use him to get back at Homelander. But the team's already fractured because... Uh, Huey discovers that Butcher's on temporary V and so ends up taking some himself because he doesn't he's tired of being the weak one in the team and wants to be the hero for once. And basically the rest of the team finds out about it and they're not happy. So you know, in episode three, you know, Mother's Milk and Huey came back, the team was whole again and with the one episode they're already falling apart once again. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. They're as rocky as a relationship formed on Love Island, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's just that's about it. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, I'd love to see some of these characters on Homeland. Just imagine, just match, uh, just imagine Butcher wandering into the villa like, oh, there's a new worker, and he just comes in. Oi, evening, can't. Just, just imagine though, for one second, if. Temp V was real. Can you imagine Americans with super superpowers? I mean, they're bad enough with guns. I mean, <laughs> no offence to normal Americans, uh, you know, who don't go around shooting everybody. But you know, it, it it would just be pure chaos, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And then you'd have people in the news saying, like, "Well, yes, but maybe if those people who got killed had superpowers, and they all had superpowers, with a lot of people with superpowers." <laughs> We thought a madman with superpowers is a good guy with superpowers. And if he had guns and superpowers, well, even better. Yes, I mean, he had gunpowder. He was just such a a noble guy. He definitely did not deserve what Butcher did to him. Oh, no, definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. Something else you also mentioned about Homelander and the way he kind of assumed some like, control after this slow approval thing is... After one of his media appearances, Stan Eggert decides to get Newman to basically call him out for his foul language and try and you know, give him a slap on the wrist, try and keep him under control. But if it, it turns out that she basically turns on Stan Edgar. It's the first time of the game when they were probably got one over on him in this show, where he basically gets ousted temporarily from his position, and Homelander basically takes over Vault with Kev Ashley underneath him as a CEO, uh, even though she's still basically. <laughs> taking shit from a lot of people despite having such a high position. Bless them. Yeah, we, we do sort of see you sort of take control a little bit in, in some of the later episodes, but uh, 
yeah, she's come from, what was this? She was just like, um, Elizabeth, she's assistant at one stage, wasn't she? Her character's yeah. assistant. She's gone from that to, uh, well, I'll say a puppet CEO, but mm-hmm. a CEO nonetheless. So not a bad career trajectory, really. No, no, she's basically, she's been put in, like Stephen Hitman was when Vince left, and Stan Eggers temporarily <laughs> decided to take <laughs> really even nothing to do with any sort of allegations. <laughs> but yeah, it was interesting because, you know, I think that's the last we see of Stan Edgar on the show, and then there's a, a storyline element that basically Newman did the thing for Homelander in exchange for some Compound V, which she, we see her giving to her daughter. I don't think we ever get to see what, what happens to her, like what powers she may or may not get. Yeah, no, we don't see that, which is quite disappointed by, but I imagine that that might come to light in Series 4. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite sad, because obviously she's... You, you, you don't see it, but you hear that she's in a, a lot of pain when she gets given the Compound V, which, you know, it, it's... It really it reminds you that, you know, Newman is not just being used by people like Stadiger. She's not the best person herself either no no and the thing is as well of this um the, the v stuff it's random as well you don't know what mm-hmm. sort of powers you're going to end up with so she could end up if she's injected a daughter with the stuff because she thinks her daughter it'll help keep her daughter protected but you just you just don't know what what you're going to end up it could end up with something her horrific you, you just don't know. Like free free heads or something stupid. I think there's an episode, I think I mentioned the show in the last episode, that show Diabolical, which was like a, an anthology cartoon series in the world of the boys. And there was an episode centered all around a school which featured kids whose parents had given them compound V, but they got shit powers. And so the parents <laughs> didn't want them anymore, and they just dumped them off at this place. Hmm. Hmm. And the episode was just them all basically trying to hunt down their parents again. One kid's got a power, so basically he can only talk and like, he can only talk and move in slow motion. <laughs> this, uh, somebody voiced by Christian Slayer is narrating it, and you, midway through his narration, she goes, "And who am I?" It cuts to a baby talking. I'm the narrator. This is my powers. I just narrate everything that happens to me. <laughs> and then the nurse comes to pick up. It's a nurse carried me away. Yeah. <laughs> Mm, mm, mm. That'd be just my luck. I imagine I'd get some really crap superpower, which is no, which maybe Kate, which maybe like gave me an advantage once in like two years or something stupid. <laughs> I mean, pool I man, I'm I'm really good at pool. I I never miss a part. <laughs> I'm sure you could find a way to make that apply to other things. Don't know any yeah. off the top of my head, but you know. I suppose I could go around hustling people. <laughs> yes, that, that's it, yeah. We're living in a 1930s gangster film, I guess. You're, you're a hustler, you'll make a lot of money. <laughs> all, you need <laughs> one of those, all, all you need is one of those fucking fedoras to go around all these smoky bloody pool halls I'm sure they have around your way. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho... But yeah, like I think a lot of people, if you could choose your powers, I think a lot of people probably would end up with the same kind of thing. I think we already have that on the show because when you look at the actual lineup of the seven, you think, what else other than Atrian who can like run and you know the deep Scott the whole Aquaman thing? 
what else can the rest of you actually do? Because the only thing with the main heroes is like he's strong, but also so is she and she as well. And Starlight has a thing where she makes stuff shoot out of her hand, but she never seems to bloody use it. But everyone's just everyone's default power is some sort of strength on this show. I want to see some new powers, which is why it was so weird to see what Huey got, which I definitely don't think he could have chosen if he had the chance. Mm. Where he, uh, where he can teleport, but for some reason his clothes don't go with him. <laughs> I thought that like the first time he does it, and all oh, Mother's Milk says to him is, your dick is out. Because <laughs> he, he's basically eye level with it, he's just looking up at my eyes, and he's like, your dick's out. Because, <laughs> you know, knowing most people that that would be, end up, that'd be something we would end up getting something like that because self-producing along with invisibility is one of those things that varies in different films where sometimes person's clothes go with them sometimes they don't which you'd really hate to be one of the ones where you, you can be invisible but you have to be naked the whole thing because <laughs> what happens if you reappear at the most inopportune moment there's no way to explain that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I think I think Scott, you do have a superpower. You have the, you have the powers to make a million pods a week. <laughs> I, mean, that, that, I mean, that's quite impressive. Yes, and um, it comes with the mildly competent ability to edit audio and not make it sound completely shit. <laughs> that's, that's all it really comes with. It really, it's the worst power you could you possibly ask for. <laughs> yeah, but but. Dan Edgar, what I loved about uh, when he left is that he still had a, a lot in what Terror before he left and the back and forth with Homelander where Homelander is all smaggy thinks he's really thinks he's won, but Dan Edgar basically still gives him like no respect at all. <laughs> he basically just calls him you said you're basically nothing but you know bad product. You you know, where if I gave you any sort of admiration, where would it go? Like into that empty pit that you call a soul. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I was I was looking at my notes and I completely <laughs> tuned out for a second then. That's my that's my bad. <laughs> I was trying to remember something I was trying to remember I was trying to remember something I thought happened uh did happen and um I was just checking my notes for it. I think it did. So Stan Edgar's gone, which is a shame because I enjoyed him, like you said, hopefully he'll He'll show up in, in season four, but let's talk about Soldier Boy for a second because a lot of the campaign around this new season was around Jensen, I think, joining the cast. The first proper look we get on is when, you know, because Gunpowder talked about Grace Mallory being the, the case officer with uh, Soldier Boy's team payback. They go to Grace to get more info about what happened. And she was basically a job operation where. They were helping supply guns, but also running cocaine for the government to pay for the guns. And then, for some reason, they got payback brought in, which she didn't like. And so we get this, like, stinging flashback scene, and that's the first time we get a proper, like, look at Soldier Boy. Yeah, and we also see um, a bit of black noir before he, uh, without his mask as well, which we've mm-hmm. never seen before. And he, he, he was supposed to wear the mask, but he didn't want to. But he, he ends up wanting to wear it in the end. <laughs> well, yeah, he's like a nasty after he's, his face gets all, mm. you know, screwed up, you know. 
it looks like it's like Anakin at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I mean, I assume it's something to do with what the Russians did, but I don't know. A flashback, spoilers alert! In a later episode, we find out it's actually um, Homelander that smashed his face in. Mm-hmm. Oh, the soldier boy? You mean? Sorry, soldier boy. Yeah, I'm getting confused. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're both terrible people, so. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and he's talking to a young uh, Stan Edgar who pops up in this five. They get another actor to play Stan Edgar, which you know, I thought he did a really good job. Just by like, it made you think, Jesus, how long have you had your just your hands and everything here? Yeah, and um, he's sort of taking control, sort of taking the control of the situation from under. Grace Mallory's feet, and she's mm-hmm. not impressed with uh, anyone from Payback at all. No, no, like she maybe basically even back then they had the idea of like suits of the military, and Grace Mallory went like these people aren't disciplined, they're not trained, you know, they're not prepared. You got Soldier Boy try to shoot off like random ammunitions. You got Swattle, who's one of the guys he's got wings, and they keep to and tell him stop flying off. You're gonna give away where we are, mm-hmm. and then yeah. Mm-hmm. They love the way like, you just chatting away Black Noir and everything. And it says that, you know, well, everybody's on board, which I think then plays into what Crimson Cares is. Like, we all hated you. So I think it's a case of, like, Black Noir's tale and Sanegar that basically everybody in the team was going to double-cross Soldier Boy because basically everyone hated him, despite him being the leader. As you mentioned, the full lineup of uh, Payback is, obviously, Soldier Boy, Gunpowder, Crimson Countess, Black Noir... They called Mainstorm, and we got the TNT twins. Yeah, they're they're they're, they're pretty. They've got pretty shit superpowers. I'm not. Wasn't really. <laughs> don't really get what they do. To be honest, so this these shit we've explosion in the hands, but seemingly they can only do it when they're together. So they're basically useless on their own. So <laughs> any supervillain with their souls basically separate them, and then they're easy pickings. Yeah, it's not the best. So they got, they they sort, you know, I think my pool one would have been better than that personally. <laughs> yeah, especially out in a war zone. But I do like <laughs> when he's trying to like say to him, "Well, I want to, you know, take the mask off. No one can tell." With me, he goes, you know, silent and just do very well with young men between the ages of seven and ten. And basically, because I think it's maybe like late seventies, early eighties, he he says to him like, "Yeah, well." Black superheroes really aren't don't test as well. Like people aren't ready for that. So basically, it was the idea like he could be anybody under there, but he was wanted to be one of the first proper black superheroes. But they wouldn't let him take the mask off. Yeah, he says some about trust me. Uh, you'll be um, wishing you had that mask on at some point, and uh, that point comes a lot sooner, I think, than anyone expected. Well, when like things start kicking off during the flashback, it suddenly pauses because Butcher needs to bugger off because the he's having the side effects of the tank V. But at that point, he doesn't want anybody to to know about it. He's in the, the bathroom trying to get his eyes to stop glowing, and then Brian offers him like these weird like biscuit things, and he goes, "Oh, your mum used to give me these. Mind you, they make your mouth drier than a nun's." He pauses. <laughs> <laughs> I love the look on Ryan's face, like, you were going to say vagina, weren't you? <laughs> I doubt he was. I think he was going to say something else, but yeah, yeah, but a similar meaning to that. 
Yeah, but to just say, yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just comes in and goes, sorry, dodgy kebab. Remind me of the rest of your story. And then basically, as she assumed Swattle gave their position away, and then he tries to fly away and ends up getting blown up while he's in midair. Yeah, and like, um, I think he gets on one of these big, Mounted guns, sunny gunpowder, and they pretty much start killing the, the killing greatest own man, don't they? Yeah, basically <laughs> shoots. Basically shoots everybody, whether they're against them or with them, because he can't really control the fucking gun. And then guns and guys blows two guys up, and then Chris says, "Those are my guys," and she said, <laughs> "Awkward, just buggers off." <laughs> yeah, but they're not very good at this military malarkey. Bless them. Yeah. Also, to mention that before everything kicks off, she does have a bit of a back and forth with with Soldier Boy. We get to see just uh, how much of a, an arsehole he is when he's trying to flirt with her, but she's not having any of it. And then he does this very short. It's like, no, maybe you should smile more. Maybe you'd find a man then. Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, purposely done because uh, a lot of men think that's uh, a wise thing to say for some stupid reason. But. Yeah. Uh, she says, she says something about it working on the others and she retorts like no they don't want you they're just afraid of you yeah so they're just pitying you and even he's fluttering with her in full view of Crimson Kinnis who he's meant to be in love with he claims he is in a later episode but she basically secretly hates his fucking guts and I remember watching interviews with Jensen before the show and he was describing told you why that basically He's been around like for decades, but he's still got the same opinion. So obviously, he's a bit of a bigot in the, the modern times, and you see that into that way. And he's walking in the street, he's kind of a same sex couple. One man, he kind of just gives him a look and then keeps on walking as he as he walks on because obviously everything's very different from from back in his day. Yeah, he's been uh, on ice for the best part of thirty odd years, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bit he's been in Spermarus, but other than that massive beard that he's he's got, he's basically not aged at all. And basically the Russians were basically testing what makes him so so strong because they were just basically burning him and trying to stick him with stuff, but nothing was uh, nothing was really piercing through his skin. And there's a point where they try to put something in his eye and just stabs one of the doctors in the neck. Yeah, I think they I think they fired a machine gun down his mouth or something at one point as well. Basically. <laughs> He pretty much went. He is maybe like the Captain America this universe, but they basically went all Winter Soldier on him, and this like little face that they get of him. But something I really want to talk about more than anything with Soldier Boy is the intro to Episode Four, if I may. And MM watching back a thing, a uh, clip of a show that he watched with his family before some of them were killed by Soldier Boy. But uh, Soldier Boy's appearance on a show called Solid Gold. <laughs> Which is some sort of music show, and he pops on it, and there's a fuller version on YouTube if you want to go find. It. I think there's a Vought International YouTube channel where they've got this, and they've also got a full music video for Chimps Don't Cry by Chris and Countess, and like they've got Ashley in character going taking you behind the scenes of the of that show, America's Next Hero, whatever they called it. But he's he's on the show in full costume singing Rapture by Blondie. <laughs> There's another one on there as well when he's doing like 
I can't, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be a sing, uh, another single, like a cigarette advert. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really, I don't remember if you've seen that in the show, but that's really weird and, and random as well. There's a thing where, there's two clips on the YouTube channel where like a PSA he does as Soldier Boy is a thing, just say no. And then there's one where it's showing outtakes of that one, just like, I sound like a jagger, who approved this script? <laughs> and he's like, I'm Soldier Boy. Oh. They all know who I am. Why do I have to say it? And then he gets a little pissy because someone had some hot coffee instead of ice and he just throws it down like, this is fucking unprofessional. <laughs> I don't know why that clip didn't make it into the actual show. That would have been amazing. But <laughs> the uh, the clip from Solid Gold is, is just that. It's just Solid Gold, I really think. <laughs> because Jensen Eggles, we all know, has a great singing voice, but he seemingly has to act like he can't sing and has to act all awkward while singing this song where the lyrics of this song make fucking no sense. Yeah, it's not. It's a weird, it's a weird song and weirdly performed at the best of times anyway. I mean, it was a strange sort of way for Blondie to go because they're not really rappers. So, uh... yeah. <laughs> it's just, just him singing in full costume, basically going on about a man from Mars eat, killing you, then eating a bunch of cars, and going to bars when there's no more cars, and eating people, and then something, something, punk rock, something, something, rapture. Yeah. While all these, all these people in gold spandex dance around him. To be fair, yeah, I've listened to both versions. I put, I'll put the Blondie version to open this podcast, and we'll play out with Soldier Boy's version. And personally, I think Jensen did it better. <laughs> because... <laughs> But clearly he wasn't on as much cocaine as Blondie was when they wrote this song. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But yeah, that was definitely something. But yeah, then Soldier Boy, they have to find him. He ends up killing Crimson Countess, so they kind of they kidnap her and leave her as bait. Well, she's, it turns out she's had to do a sunny and do video chats with people. <laughs> Which, which includes a guy who I forgot uh, was I, I think he's actually uh, one of the executive producers or whatever on this show or he's somehow involved in it but yeah, Seth Rogen makes a, a random cameo on this show Yeah, what a, what a cameo it is uh, <laughs> It's like the, the voyeur on the other side of a cam <laughs> Yeah, she's going on about some uh, She's going to some chimp sanctuary she wants to open, or whatever it is, and then he's basically going to, like, you know, the meter's kind of running, can we just get to, get to this? <laughs> yeah, have you got it? And she pulls out these massive like, anal bead things, and he's like, whoa, they're bigger than I thought they'd be. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I think it's a bitch, you don't really see it, but he, he just jumps in from out of frame, just tackles her as the camera just goes dead. Uh, and then you get a weird close-up of, of Seth Rogen at uh, an unfortunate time. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's happening? Where are you? I'm, I'm nearly, I'm nearly there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and a very accurate reenactment there from Carl, but it was basically what happened. And so she gets killed by Soldier Boy. And then you kind of see a new side of Huey here where Seems seems like the compound V is really like affecting his his judgment where he's going more along with Butcher and uh, being a little bit of a dick to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't know if it's 
so much the compound V. I mean, he was starting to lean that towards that way anyway, because I think he was just that pissed off with um, when you're finding out he was working for a soup with <laughs> um, Victoria Newman. So that kind of, I think that sort of helped push him over the edge a little bit as well. But yeah, the, the compound V might not be helping because I think I don't think it's in an episode. Um, one of the episodes we we're covering, but they do find out it does have some quite nasty side effects. Yeah, it's got some nasty effects. Obviously, they point out this is like not a proven drug yet, but they've still like shot it up in their veins. And Butcher tried to tell Huey not to take it because you know he says to him, you know. Like, this isn't like a war, this punishment. Basically, he feels like he deserves to uh, deal with the shit side of having several powers, but Huey's, Huey shouldn't have to do it, but Huey decides he's going to do it. He's just going to do it anyway. And they're putting V in all sorts of things. They go to that lab in Russia, they've got a fucking souped up hamster. <laughs> yeah. That's a great, because it's like moving really fast as cage, and then it gets out. And it sort of like starts. I suppose it's flying, floating up, and then it just like darts itself into a guy's skull, which is really funny. <laughs> also, I love MM during that, you know, when they sneak into that Russian base, every time they take out uh, a guard, he references a movie where USA goes against Russia. Like, first guy he says, like, Red Dawn, motherfucker. And then the <laughs> next one he, say, he says, Rocky Four. <laughs> There's also in the same episode oh, a bit yeah. where um, <laughs> There's also a bit in the same episode where uh, Kamiko goes to undercover as a hooker to some high up Russian person and she starts fighting people with these dildos. <laughs> yeah, there's like these 17 <laughs> <Yeah>. dildos. <laughs> And basically, she, I think she uses, I think it's a Black Noir one. She takes it and basically uses enough force to jam it through a guy's head. And I think she managed to use most of them as a, a weapon against various henchmen as well, doesn't she? It's... <laughs> but, you know, these girls are always, who are also there, the other hookers are really scared. So, despite the fact that you just kills all these guys, one of them just shoots her in the head. <laughs> and uh, looks like Kimiko can heal, but. Again, that plus the, the incident at the the theme park with Crimson Countess and the little girls being scared, kind of against. But we get a sense that Kimiko doesn't like using these pairs. She has a conversation with Ryan that about you know both of them not really being happy that they have these powers. Like Ryan even says, kind of a sad thing. It's a angriest one to get me a dog, but I was I was scared I'd hurt him. Yeah, bless him. Hmm. Yeah. But at least he's got the sense to know he might hurt it, though. Yeah. And then, obviously, there's a bit of a fracture between his relationship with, with Butcher, because when Butcher mm. leaves the, after the and Mallory's like, story, because they're annoyed, because they still think that the stuff they're going after is a weapon that killed Sochi, why not realising he's still alive, but thinking, like, you knew there was a weapon that might kill Homelander, but you never told any of us, and he gets angry, and then, like, he, Ryan gets annoyed, and then basically Butcher says something he never really, how he secretly feels basically saying, like, maybe I don't want to look at you after what you did to, to Becca, and then the other guy's like, for fuck's sake. Yeah, the, I think most of the guys are pretty uh, appalled of uh, what he was saying there, but I think he just mainly wants to keep Ryan at a distance, because he doesn't want them to see 
Butch uh, go as low as he's going to go to to try and eliminate Homelander. Yeah, and plus I think he immediately regrets later on when he's having the conversation with Huey. That is right before he throws up green uh, <laughs> throws up green vomit all over him because of the compound V, which Huey has to deal with a couple of episodes later. And Butcher comically just points out he's just looks like coming at the frog had a wank in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's a great line. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, also, also Huey decides to go back with him after finding Newman's a suit and so he needs to cover something that like she can't tell is fake and gets him out of work for a couple of days so he has Kamiko break his arm and um, um, give it for a reason but I'm sure we don't want to know about it basically tells him like you should break it right here clean break no permanent damage and then she goes on two instead of three and I just it's just bent it completely in half yeah. at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, immediately heals up when uh, when he takes the, co- the temp V, so that's another benefit in Huey's eyes. And then he runs out of somebody in episode five from his work, like, didn't you break your arm? Like, oh, no, no, it was, uh, it was just a bad sprain. <laughs> yeah, I had to try and explain that away. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, but with yeah, Kimiko, as we were saying, like she had all big feature like these classical episodes because she doesn't want these powers. They change up having to go undercover as a hooker because they get the contact info but where this weapon that turns out to be soldier boy has been held because of a woman called little Nina who Frenchie used to work for and so they basically try and work out some sort of deal and Frenchie's whole curious the whole way because they get given a plane and everything and he goes oh come on Frenchie pretend you're not in a rush <laughs> and then Frenchie just goes I'm trying just for the stupid and the damned <laughs> <laughs> but basically yeah the deal was that Kimiko takes out this guy who basically you know wasn't paying some, something back to Nina and they get the info about the lab also, what I love about uh, this, when they go to this version of Russia is there's all these anti-Homelander, anti-Seven, like, murals and paintings everywhere. There's even a, a TV news programme taking the piss out of Huey because of his relationship with Starlight. Yeah, nice little uh, sort of tidbits that uh, you can imagine Russia would really be like as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because especially like, people like Homelander, there's like, all pro-America kind of characters so obviously people in other countries like some like places like Russia would be like no this is this is all shit this <laughs> <laughs> and then so then she takes out the the Russian and then she ends up getting shot by the first person to get hit by soldier boy's kind of new power where he shoots the stuff out of his chest and then they kind of leave you on a bit of a cliffhanger in episode four because you know, she, this whole thing, like, she's not healing, she's not healing, like, I don't know about you, but, but when you first watched it, when I first watched it, I legit thought, because they were, it was just, everything was just all going too well between, and it seems between Frenchie and Camigo, where they were talking, like, oh, as soon as a child's son will leave or go somewhere else, I, I genuinely thought they were going to kill Kimiko off. Yeah, no, I got that feeling as well, actually. Yeah. I wouldn't have put it past them, I was starting to, to worry about her a little bit as well at that point. Because like the the other bit with MM layer, Richard said to him in the episode, like, the only main reason he got MM on board is that he's like he seemed like a guy back in his like military days who so could t- keep a team together, and that's basically the role he plays in, on the boys. But 
uh, when they're in the car driving her to get help, they basically says to Butcher, like, there's no team for me to hold together anymore. And so I thought, like, a proper way to drive a, a wedge between the team or, like, Huey and Butcher on one side and M.M. and Fetch on the other was basically, like, the idea of Kamiko being killed and them blaming Butcher for it. Yeah, yeah, it would have put a, a real strain on uh, some of their relationships, and if if she had died, definitely. But thankfully, she didn't because she's a good character. Yeah, thankfully she didn't get killed off. She retains; she's still alive, but she's no longer got her powers, which is actually what perfect for her. It's exactly what she wanted. And something I wanted to say about her relationship with Frenchie is that because also he was the one who kind of was the only one who she could kind of trust. Like, he was you know, gent- more gentle with her when they brought her in season one, and then they kind of became friends as time went on. But like, the things, especially in season two, you can tell they, they like each other, but they're not... They don't go overboard on explaining what their relationship is. They're just close, but they're not romantically involved yet. But you can tell there's an undercurrent there, especially in episode five here. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of chemistry between the two. Mm-hmm. And uh, something that makes me kind of wish that this was an episode six because imagine if you got this montage in the same episode as Herogasm, what a what a contrast that would have been. <laughs> but no, the episode right before Herogasm, we get kind of a dream sequence where uh, Kimiko finds her voice and sings "I Got Rhythm" by Judy Garland into this big over the top all choreographed hospital uh, song and dance sequence, which uh, you don't expect to see out of the boys. But then again, I didn't expect to see a lot of things this season, so. Compared to the similar things that we have seen already, this was a welcome change of pace. Yeah, I wasn't one hundred percent sure it was a dream. I was wondering if, like, perhaps with her powers gone, I meant she got a voice back or something. But it, it it wasn't to be. I mean, yeah, maybe at first you can suspend your disbelief, but when women in wheelchairs are getting up to join in this very choreographed dance routine, I think that's when you suddenly realise, like. Maybe my disbelief is spending a bit too much. Maybe this is a dream because it looks like she's almost got her voice back and then there's a bit between her and Fenchy where they kiss and then he basically excuses himself with the excuse that he wants coffee. Uh, you can tell he's got a bit of a smile on his face when he's getting it, but uh, unfortunately the good times don't last because earlier in the episode he was asked to do a job for Nina because of the damage they did to the lab and he refuses to do it. And so basically he gets kidnapped at the end, just as things were starting to go well for them. Yeah, she's uh, she's not someone to be trifled with, is this little Nina. Mm-hmm. Like, I do a little bit back and forth between him and her and, and Butcher when he's trying to pay her off to give them info, like, oh, you, you're American, you're whatever they like, you can made of their nice clean money. He goes, ah, it's the US government, love, they'll just print more of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like that, but... Talking about like also there's a he's talking about development of relationships, there's a development in relationship between friends and Kiko, but as I said, with Huey's kind of change in attitude after the attempt V, it's kinda of putting a strain on his relationship with with Starlight. <laughs> and I love the scene in episode five where basically he's trying to you know, give her like her candy or whatever or uh, white claws to try and brace her for the news that <laughs> Not only a soldier boy alive, but also he he took Tent V, and then it gets to like you're really got a lot of white cloth. It cuts to it. She's opening like our third one in quick succession. Like, so what part of it do you know anymore? The part where soldier boy is alive and somewhere loose in Russia, or the fact that I took Tent V went. It could be a little bit of all of that. 
To be fair, I thought she took the news pretty well, to be fair to her. <laughs> well, talking about Carrie's being set up to potentially get killed off, uh, this is just after she's still doing the fact that Homelander brutally murders Supersonic. Like, we don't see it, but we see the aftermath of it, and he's like, I'm pretty sure he's missing a leg, his face is completely caved in. Yeah, he's he's made a right mess of him, hasn't he? I mean, I thought he was going to become a new character as well, and he just sort of kill, killed him off unceremoniously, so that was another reason I thought perhaps Kamika was doomed. Yeah, I think it was a case that they were both set up as characters who seemed like, seemed like their death would they were being set up to, you know, things aren't going to go too well for them and their death will impact other characters, but I think it was a case that they decided, well, we can't kill both of them, so I'm assuming they decided to kill Supersonic or maybe because he was the newer character, so people wouldn't be as up in arms about it because uh, if he got if he stuck around but they killed off Kiviko, I'm sure there were some, uh, some loyal boys fans that would have been up in arms about it, like, no, you can't kill her off. Yeah, pretty much, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we would have been upset about it. Honestly, I mean, we're just starting to like you, Amazon. You know, don't trifle us like uh, like Disney Plus. Yeah. yeah, don't 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 make us go to Netflix. God damn it! <laughs> and then Netflix screws us. Where are we where else are we gonna go? But we don't have to live in this country, do we? Or do we? Uh, I don't blame um, anyone anymore. <laughs> gonna have to go a peacock at this rate. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's either that or BBC iPlayer. Hi, yeah, BBC's definitely never done anything wrong. Exactly. <laughs> They're a wonderful, unbiased channel. Yes. Wholesome characters all work there. All, every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, where was I? Yes. Uh, so, Supersonic gets killed off after he's already just joined the, the Seven because despite saying, that, oh, you know, she'll have all final say, she wants Supersonic to join, but then they also... What she was the once, uh, oh, I can't remember the character, but she's kind of she's English but Muslim heritage and everything. So, oh, uh, yeah, I, I know the one you mean. I, I can't remember the bloody character's name as well now. So, sort of like, non bit nunnish, isn't she? You know, uh, obviously, she's oh, I think she's there. No, she's a UN ambassador, she, she's a good role model. She'll be great to have another female on the team. And they were basically all like, you know, isn't she from uh. They say Pat, and then they, they, they start to say the word Pat, and she goes, Pat, and then she goes, England is Stan. Like, they, they say, assume that she's from the foreign country. Like, no, she's English. <laughs> it's just because they're heard uh, And then, uh, basically, Homelander decides to usurper by basically wanting to do a twist. Oh, yeah, the final spot goes to the Jeep, who gets welcomed back in. But, you know, she's... Starlight's definitely not willing to forgive and forget quite yet with, with the deep after everything that happened in season one. And uh, Homelander says, I can't remember fully off the top of my head, I have an idea of what he said, but he said something not quite uh, racially sensitive about her other choice that she wanted to. <laughs> about this English woman that she wants, this Muslim woman she wants to bring in, he basically says something uh, not very, not very PC, I'll just say. <laughs> Yeah, no, I can't remember what it was as well, but yeah, uh, <laughs> they're not the most P, not the most PC program, is it? Or not the most PC characters, but uh, there's some great stuff with the deep after he starts like celebrating game back in the seventh. 
Pound and his wife, and it's like by a fish tank, and he starts like, Turk, oh yeah, you like that, don't you? Yeah. And he's actually talking to the octopus in the tank, oh, you're going to do jerk me off with your eight hands. <laughs> and do you, do you think he's starting down so early? It's only when he mentions says all the arms. Yeah. He's like, wait, what? What's happening? But we also <laughs> learned that she's not exactly a wholesome, innocent character either. No. She's obviously has something to do with um, how um, the deep's dinner, uh, this mm-hmm. gathering by Homeland, and he goes, oh, I bought something special for you. And he put like a live octopus on his plate. <laughs> dinner, dinner. That's, that's Timothy. <laughs> <laughs> like, please, no, he's scared. He's got a wife and kids. He's praying for his life. Like, he's a fucking octopus. And then he gets a text from his own wife saying, like, eat the fucking... <laughs> like I'm looking at it when you look at closely but it doesn't look like a real result because I'm assuming they wouldn't have them eat a real live one but that doesn't <laughs> like, it, it looks gross enough though either way because he eats the fucking thing whole as well. and then all the, like the black ink stuff <laughs> so it's out of his bag <laughs> because, they get, because they put on this full seafood like dinner which is making him just feel uneasy and then they give him that Obviously, not a real octopus. Didn't stop Peter from getting on to the boys, though, did it? Because <laughs> even CGI animals deserve respect. <laughs> but honestly, uh, maybe one of those just need to like, it's, it's, it's a make-believe show about crazy superheroes. Some of these organisations just need to relax a little bit. Having said that, though, it was probably one of the most uncomfortable scenes I've ever seen on this show. Oh, yeah. I, I, I must have been, I was struggling to watch it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then, like, she, uh, uh, Cassandra, the, the wife of the deep, she also has, has tales of deep to say with Homelander against A-Train, when A-Train's concerned about Blue Hawk being racist and everything. Like, oh, no, you're in a lot of the same demos. It sounds like you can't afford to look soft you know, on crime and everything. And then she helps him get a job at Crime Analytics as the new head of it, but then fires all but two people because they had some, in the past, who tweeted something negative about Homelander. Yeah, because um, Starlight goes down there to try and find out stuff on uh, so- finds out stuff on Soldier Boy, doesn't she? And she says, where is everyone? And goes, this, this is everyone. <laughs> You're like, oh, we'll take a dozen analysts working, like, double shifts and then shuts around there's like one other person I think is in at a computer because <laughs> he had to stare through all the CCTV like you sure you don't want all the other half of this almond joy like you know what now I think I will because <laughs> yeah <laughs> also like he brings cupcakes for everybody with crime analytics the, the letters for that spell out across all the cupcakes as well <laughs> but the thing with the deep and also Adrian to the extent that in both episodes across these three episodes Something's happening to them that make you kind of feel a bit sorry for them. Then you feel conflicted because at the same time you realise like, yeah, these two are also not nice people either. Because <laughs> no. pretty much killed his his girlfriend in the last episode and la- two seasons ago, rather than admit he was actually dating her. And then the deep did some horrible stuff to Starlight. And he he killed his girlfriend in the opener and didn't feel any any remorse for it when he when he mm-hmm. um sped into her. Did you notice with the cupcakes that um, he takes the one cupcake that makes it spell anal? (laughs) (laughs) Of course you noticed that, didn't you? (laughs) Actually, my mate noticed that when we were watching it. (laughs) Yeah, so 
this Cassandra is uh, not exactly the best influence on the deep, but he basically him and him and Adrian are, are fighting for Homelander's approval, trying to get back on side. But you know, the deep's finding it easier because Adrian still still useless in Homelander's eyes because. You get, they get into a fight. The yeah, that, 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 that's that's very Thomas Tuchel and Antonio Conte. That that little uh, a little fight in the hallway. Have you seen the? Uh, you seen the club that's going around? Somebody's shown that the bit of the handshake, and then they put it in black and white, and they put a uh, limp biscuits my way over it. <laughs> no, I've not seen that. <laughs> and then I've seen. The Andrew McIntyre quote we just saying, we'll see what I'll talk to the higher and see if we can get this yeah. magic clash in the castle. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That was brilliant. <laughs> oh. but. And even what's his name? Um oh, um Street Profits guy, not Montez Four. Antonio Dawkins. Yeah. He, he posted, um, Finn Balor's got me in football at just the right time, fam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Uh but yeah, so they have a fight and they out the hall and then all of it gets uh, he punches deep on the side and goes, You fucking gill punched me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, so they're on the ground and then all that helps the deep up and he just says to you train, just sit there and rest your useless fucking legs. Oh but, that would, that freaked me out. Well, I forgot what season it was now, one or two, when when the deep skills start talking to him in that weird <laughs> Dream hallucination he has. I think it might be season one, but his girls were voiced by Patton Oswald. <laughs> <of all. laughs> oh. Oh. We also find out that he used to kind of had a, a hand in things that we didn't know about that apparently Atrian leaked the stuff about Stormfront, but it was also the deep that went into the ocean, fished out the Slate 37 video and gave it to to me, when they're both basically using that to get mm. blackmail against the, each other. But then, if you, you, you think this will motivate Atrian to stand up to Homelander, Supersonic tries to uh, to recruit him with, along to him and Starlight and everything. And then, obviously, he's the one who grasses into Homelander and gets him killed. Yeah, he tries to go and to get, uses it to get try and get favour back with Homelander again, like the, mm-hmm. the little snot nosed little weasel he is, basically. Very much, yeah. And obviously, as Diffa does not indeed to, to Starlight and everything, so again, it reminds you that he is not, again, the best person is, is A-Train. Uh, There's also a scene with A-Train when he takes the, the piss out of that infamous Pepsi ad. That, was oh, it yes. Kendall, is it Kendall Jenner or one it's of these? Kendall one of these, one of the two. Yeah, one of these um, Jenners or Kardashians ones did this really wacky, like sort of self-absorbed uh, advert <laughs> thing, and they totally riff on it on uh, <laughs> on this, which I thought was funny. Yeah, it was like a Pepsi ad where she hands Pepsi. Some other people were protesting and. Uh, Basically, he was accused of simplifying the whole Black Lives Matter thing for the sake of a of an advert, and then they spoof it for uh, the Atrian's energy where he offers some energy to some protesters and to some police before a, a protest goes mental. He goes, "Oh no, I can't possibly do this photo shoot. This this is a cause that's important." And this comes right before he's trying to get to convince Ashley to help him, you know, like do something with the blue hawk. He goes, "You know, 
we're all about social justice here. You know, Black Lives Matter is my favourite hashtag. <laughs> yeah, totally sort of not giving a shit about these things, really. <laughs> There's also a bit with uh, when Homeland's talking about being no danger with um, Soldier Boy, which I'm, I, I think might be a riff on... Uh, Sort of a lot of American states that choose towards COVID because he's saying mm-hmm. it's perfectly safe. You can all go to your your restaurants and your and your movie theaters. No problems here. And it's basically what some states like Florida and that were were saying about COVID, isn't it? So that's, mm-hmm. that's what I was taking from that one. It's very Glenn Jacobs of uh, of Homelander there. Saying, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was insane. <laughs> Might is right. <laughs> <laughs> and also, he, he claims that oh, you know, it's suspicious time and this super villain who they caught they call when the homeland when the soldier boy thing happens. And he said, oh, this happens just as I've usurped, you know, Stan Egg. Like maybe this is a all conspiracy against me. And then he says on TV that he says this suddenly he's talking to Maeve and he's like, you know, maybe maybe it's all true. Maybe they all like to get me. Like you know, it's not paranoia if it's if they truly are trying to get to you. <laughs> Also during this conversation with me, right before she gets basically kidnapped by by Black Noir, uh, we find out the Homelander's real name is John. Yeah, all, all these Johns are cocks, aren't they? John Cena and what have you. And also we learn that Soldier Boy's apparently real name is is Ben, uh, which which feels weird, but all right. Uh, <laughs> They weren't bald so, soldier boy and Homelander, were they? So I suppose they got yeah. quite normal names. It's weird to hear them in there, actually. And also, I love the the, the thing with Sin and Starlight, uh, Homelander, where they find out, they think some supervillains blown up half, uh, half a block. Like, what are we going to do this? Right, and his first reaction is, right, like all the slots on these TV shows tell him everything's okay. And then, like, and then she's like, like no actual superhero things, you know, because that's probably the issue with them being so clever. Like, they never actually chase. Supervillains are all about disappearing on TV to make sure yeah, everything's safe, but we're not doing anything about it. Like actual superheroes <laughs> to, to make sure it's safe. I think yeah, I think Amanda's thinking he's almost as powerful as me. So perhaps I don't, I don't really want to go after this one. Mm-hmm. Like maybe what if, what if I can't get him? You know, don't want to look weak because I convince myself that everything is fine. <laughs> uh, so. So the stuff with Adrian then as a reward for her basically ratting out Supersonic, who uh, uh, there's always a Simpsons show to be found somewhere, and I found one and I assumed with Supersonic where each, every time Sally wants to conspire with him about you know, potentially you know, getting, getting at Homelander and recruiting him, they play one of his old like, boy band songs to try and make sure Homelander can't hear them. And he, one time he says, oh, you're going to tell me something bad I can tell if you're playing one of my, my shit songs. <laughs> it reminds me of the scene in The Simpsons where Homer and Marge are having an argument in the car and they put music on, like, no, I, never, I don't want the kids to hear us arguing and then it cuts to them because they've done this so often. They're arguing again. That song always puts <laughs> a chill down my spine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just where I went. But yeah, as a reward from Homelander for his loyalty, apparently, he basically set up a thing with Blue Hawk and you know Blue Hawk's all defensively. Like, no, I, I'm I'm not being racist. I'm just defending myself. And they basically set up a press conference where he'll uh, apologise. But it's pretty much the most half-hearted apology you can possibly see. Like he's got stuff a, a speech he's meant to read, but he's barely even looking at it and putting any effort into it. 
It's, it's the, the Hulk Hogan of uh, uh, racial apologies, basically. Mm-hmm. And then it all sort of kicks off, doesn't it? And A-Train's brother ends up getting severely injured. Yeah, I do love the bit, bit of the bit where he puts less effort into it and goes, you can ask me and my friends, many of whom, pauses, are black, like uh, A-Train. It's like typical. It's like what typical typical sort of racists say to try and say they're not racist, isn't it? Very much, yeah. Uh, and then people start shouting, you know, Black Lives Matter at him because they don't buy support Jay rightfully so because he's clearly, you know, bullshit. And he just starts yelling soup lives matter and just starts throwing people about the place and. Ultimately, uh, uh, Adrian's brother gets caught, in and again, like you feel bad, but then again, like the reason they set this up and finally listen to you is because you gave Homeland information they got another guy killed. So again, you're not a saint here. He's one of those people, Adrian. You just you wouldn't want any help from him, would you? Because he seems to say everything a hundred times worse somehow. Yeah. All he knew was running, and now they can't run. He tries to think of other things, but everything thinks of just blows up in his face. Even more spectacularly wrong for him than things go for me, and that is saying something. (laughs) Something uh, I forgot about in this show, uh, they go to see a guy called The Legend. Oh, yes, The Legend! (laughs) Who is he? And... uh, he basically gives them all the info and he's just talking he's basically talking like a nineteen forties fucking Hollywood director, like, oh back in my day I was taking all this cocaine and he was yeah. talking about basically shagging all these celebrities, he he puts in Mar and Brando like, Well that's gay now? Okay, it was a different time. <laughs> he goes like, Fuck you, it was a different time. <laughs> he keeps name dropping people who he just doesn't register, like, fucking Google it. All these, all these old actresses that uh, probably I'm the only one out of the rugged opinions group would know. <laughs> uh, uh, Paul Reiser is the name of the actor who plays the legend. And I remember I've only just recently started watching Stranger Things. I, I got through it pretty quickly. I've only just I've just started season four, <laughs> but I remember he when he popped up in season two and briefly in season three as, as a as a doctor. And I, I remember watching him and it, I think I'd seen him in. The boys first, but I don't think I'd seen him anything before then. So I went, remember then he popped up in Stranger uh, Things, and the whole time I was watching, I never looked up. I'm like, I fucking know him from somewhere, and I don't know where. And then he pops up, and it's like, oh, it's him from Stranger Things. That's ah, what I knew him from. That must be where I've seen him before, because I can't think he looks familiar. But it's weird how there's certain actors or actresses um, you see in a you see in a program that you and you see you see his actor turn up which you don't think you've seen in anything before then all of a sudden they're in fucking everything yeah, he's been around for a while apparently he was also in Aliens and Beverly Hills Cop so there you go <laughs> then, then you, you're, you're around long enough and you finally managed to land on one of the popular TV shows and then a whole new group of people who'd never fucking heard of you suddenly recognise you again <laughs> well your song gets played on a very popular programme and all of a sudden you're, you're number one 40 years later and, and what have you oh, God, I love Kate Bush I know yeah she must be laughing all the way to the bank yeah, but the fact I don't think she performed in what at least, at least 20 years 
he's basically decided, oh yeah, I'm going to retire while I'm still good, so I don't get shit. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't in those words, but basically that's it. But the uh, the legend, he's got a, a, um, a prosthetic leg, hasn't he? And that's something, mm-hmm. something to do with Butcher, or at least he blames Butcher for it. So he's not exactly on great terms with Butcher. Yeah, basically, he mentions they were on some sort of sting operation for another on another superhero, and apparently he used to give them info. He used to be a big like executive at Vault before Madeline Stillwell, who was lots of a shoes character, came on board, and basically then he got pretty much ousted from there. And he basically said that's where it went from you know real heroes to basically the Vault version of what they are now. Because <laughs> you know there's that scene where Soldier wander around looking all confused because. Everything's different, but they also see the big bus out of it for Dawn of the Seven driving by. Yeah, and in, uh, Marvin says something about him covering up what happened to his dad, and he says, oh, I was involved with that many cover-ups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, oh, you cover up one mysterious death, you pay somebody off, you paid everybody off. <laughs> Didn't say that, but that's the idea you get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically... That, that was the way. Ah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, that was it. <laughs> Sorry. I just jumped in. You ought to feel bad for her and the other superhero that was there. Like, Superstar gets picked because they're hyping up all season because the past was Starlight. Then they're two way, they're all, which one is going to be? And then just like, the Deep comes in. They, they just look so fucking gutted. It's like, it's like doing the X Factor and then saying, actually, you're not, you're not winning. Adele's winning. <laughs> he's been a he's had a flourishing pop career for years. <laughs> well, let's see. No, none of you are going to win money in the bank. Here comes Austin Theory. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've, I've, I've said it here. The deep is the Austin Theory of the boys. That's that, that's what I've said. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't know if uh, I can actually see that comparison. We'll give it a couple of years. Maybe we'll find out some unsavory things about Austin Theory and some fish. You never know. <laughs> well, I think he did have a few unsavory things come out about him, didn't he? But he seemed to he seemed to brush it off. I don't think they were as bad as I don't think they were quite as bad as some of the others, but there's definitely a couple of things hanging around him, wasn't there? I think it was the case that there were maybe some some TMs said, but he never actually physically did anything, which is maybe how he got. He got away with certain things, which led to a very uncouth joke about him winning money in the bank. Basically saying the money in the bank is 17 years old, which is why Austin Theory wanted it so badly. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I didn't see that one. <laughs> oh, I'd be glad you didn't. But anyway, back to the boys. So, yeah, they basically came in, they get, he claims they know that Soldier Boy's been there because... It had all that cocaine, extra cocaine there. Like, where is he? Where is he? Like, how do you think he was here? Was all that cocaine for you? Yeah, I'm writing my memoir. That's, yeah, he'd even had, he's, he's either had Soldier Boy or me round with all that cocaine. There. <laughs> uh, he, he's got quite the, quite the nose for guzzling cocaine as okay. We see that everybody around him calls him the snowplow. Or oh, 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 Daniela Westbrook, because I've, I've, I've got a fucked up nose. <laughs> Jesus. If you think, no, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm drug free, by the way. Don't do drugs. Let's just get that out there. I'm just. This is just a bit of fun banter. 
with kids, don't do drugs, for Christ's sakes. Yes, who would have thought a podcast aimed after that pimp uh, would want to spread horrible moral messages, you know, or all about wholesome family <laughs> values here on Podcast yeah. Music. Yeah, yeah. The whole the whole train is is actually garden hose now. That, 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 that's that's how family we are. That's how PG we become. Yeah, that's it. You know, we're all we're all into our gardening here. <laughs> Perry and all those secrets, <laughs> deep as I can fucking get them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> oh, no, I hope none of my bosses are wrong opinions fans. Jesus Christ. Uh, you don't know. But uh, <laughs> so yeah. So they know where Soldier Boy is. They can't drag him down. They use as we said, they, they use Crimson Countess as, as bait. He assumes that they were paid off by the Russian Jesus. They said they weren't they weren't paid, they just did it because they they hated him so much. And she gets killed. MM gets roofied because they know he wouldn't go along with it. Basically, Huey walks out on Starlight to go with Butcher and Soldier Boy, <laughs> despite you know claiming he knows the, the bad effects, the ill effects of the uh, of the of uh, Tempe. Tempe. Uh, and he's, and his example is I've seen Train Spotting, <laughs> <laughs> which ironically, when you look at how he's originally drawn in the the comics for the boys, it looks like something out of bloody Train Spotting in that. But no, he has to be all handsome and rugged looking and this show bastard. This is American TV, um Scott, everyone's got to be gorgeous. That's why I've not got any acting offers yet. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about who you know, really. It's all about who you know. Well, you know Disney Disney Plus doesn't give us any acting jobs, so, so maybe Prime will. You know, Jeff Bezos, if you're listening to this, we'll do a Prime special for you. Uh, yeah, can't be any, can't be any shitter than some of the other movies you put up there. Ah, I mean, <laughs> joking, joking. That's just that famous Carl sense of humour. <laughs> Fucking shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> So uh, I think that's a lot of the major beats that we've covered. Is there anything else that you uh, want to talk about from uh, these three episodes? No, I think we covered it because I was I was having a bit of a peek at my notes and you were about supersonic getting uh, fucked up and we and the deep having to eat Timothy, which was absolutely hilarious. You get some of the best stuff the deep does in all fairness with. Um, <laughs> The, the dolphin thing and the whale thing and <laughs> I think we have more on, I think <laughs> you, you know, props to Chase Crawford you know he, he sends himself up in, in this series with absolute glee <laughs> very much yeah so we'll come to an end there with these two episodes uh, Carl how do you want to rate these episodes um, we might as well. I don't know if I can do them. In, I don't know if I remember them well enough to do them all individually. But I would say if I was going to give him an average, I'd, I'd probably say about an eight out of ten as an average. They're all pretty solid. 
episodes. I don't think I've seen a, a a real bad episode of The Boys yet. I don't think there's been an episode of The Boys that I thought, you know what, that was a bit shit. They they always do something mm-hmm. crazy, and you know, there's plenty of action, always plenty of comedy. It's it's. I think it's helped that there's only eight episodes as well, which uh, I know I bang on this a lot, but. You know, when you're trying to fill 15, 22 episodes, it can be a bit of a job, and you're always going to get the odd rubbishy filler episode. But when you, you, you know, you're like, you've got a nice tight, compact amount of episodes, six or eight, maybe ten, then it's hard to go too far wrong with that, I would say. Yeah, definitely. You, you, you take out a lot of filler, and hopefully you'll have a lot of strong stuff uh, for the cross of the desert, even if you've got like an hour or so each episode. Yeah, I think when eight is a good one because you know they all serve a solid. You know, sorry, there's some fucked up shit there, but there's also a lot of good stuff in there. There's some funny shit in there that we've mentioned, and you know, while it was like frustrating, it took us this long to get some proper soldier boy. Now he's on the show, and then the next couple of episodes we're going to see you know Jensen really have some fun with this this character, especially when we bring you the next few episodes next time we come <laughs> to you. Because episode six. Is hedogasm because other than Jensen joining the other thing I hit to you and everyone talking about more than anything else with the season was the fact that they were adapting hedogasm and how much they could show and how much they weren't allowed to show. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a a story from Jensen Ackles saying that uh, so he walked on set to do his bits for for hedogasm and also the Dardam and shit and other stuff, and he said he walked in full costume. He looked over all this, you know. There's all these props set out because it's meant to be an orgy and everything. And there's a crew member just sitting there eating a sandwich, eating his lunch. And he says to the guy, hey, you all right? How's, it, how's everything been? And the guy, he finally looks at him. And according to Jensen, he said he was dead. He looked dead behind the eyes. They're like, man, I've seen some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there's also apparently a story of poor Aaron Moriarty who plays Starlight going for some hand sanitizer, which he thought was hand sanitizer. Turns out it was just lube. <laughs> <laughs> apparently there's there was a scene somewhere where Jensen Eccles read the script and phoned a parrot script and said I can't do that <laughs> yeah and I think the other guys especially Carl have been saying basically we, what we've learned in the boys is never tell like Kripke you can't do something because one way or another he'll keep writing that thing into it until you <laughs> do it don't, don't express uncomfortableness with anything which is, I'm assuming, I assume she's covered, said, oh, I don't want to get physical with any sort of animals because then next few episodes happen and he has a lot of stuff with a poor octopus. <laughs> uh, somebody needs to search Eric Kripke's hard drive, seriously. <laughs> that man is fucked up in the head. Because <laughs> he went from Supernatural, which I'm not saying was the most wholesome show in the world, but you know, it never went that far because it's on you know, proper network TV. And then he said, oh, I'm finally off the reins. I've got something like the boys. Let's just get as depraved as possible. He's, he's setting new fucking targets. This is Kripke. I know. I mean, Homelander manages to make Dean Winchester look like a nun, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so that will bring us to the end of this episode, Carl. You may not have a million podcasts a week, but are you up to anything else? that the people should know about and when I say know about it, I don't want to talk here about your own versions of your orgasm that you get up to every other Sunday 
what mainly I'm doing on Sundays in the round time is our business. But um, yeah, you can find me at um, Carlos Fire eighty nine. Uh, no, it's Carlos Fire eighty. Sorry, on uh, Instagram and Twitter, you can find us at Rogan Score Opinion on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, yeah, um, there's a couple of things in the pipeline, but nothing super concrete yet. And they're a week or so away, so I haven't got. I haven't been doing a lot else. I've been talking doing football parts, but we can never seem to get the schedule in together, so that, that they they don't seem to be happening just now either. Obviously, it's when you've got more than two people, the schedule then becomes an absolute nightmare. I don't know if you find that similar. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I found that more on one occasion. Uh, but if it, meanwhile, you can find me at Scott McLeod 1996. Do follow Rogue Pines uh, at Rogue underscore Pines on Twitter and Instagram. And check out some of the content I'm bringing you uh, in the next week or so. Some might already be out, but I think you're hearing us, some might, it will be coming out soon. Uh, me and Paul. Continuing on with Scott Paul Brown podcast, which is also on our own feed as well as Rogue Pines feed. We've got episodes on Frasier. We've got some interesting wrestling episodes coming up where we're getting more into the retrospective side of things and we've got some interesting ideas for retrospectives we're going to be doing. Also, he and I do the Rogue Rich Smackdown review for Rogue Pines now, and very soon we hope to bring you alongside my former co host Sam a review for King of the Ring 2000. I'm hoping the Saladji hasn't completely let me down yet. <laughs> Other than that, uh, two episodes I recorded a week ago. They're, you know, they're in the pipeline. They just need to be f- finalised and edited. I have two brand new episodes of Nord Old Spard just ready and waiting to go out. So well, I won't tell you quite who's there. They are members of the Rocket Things team whose schedules I've finally gotten together within the space of a week of each other, thankfully, and finally got them together. <laughs> so. There you go. No Rogue's Bard is back. So I like to build a little backlog for that show. Outside of Rogue Opinions, uh, I'm not doing much else outside of Rogue Opinions and Scott and Paul's, which is technically Rogue Opinions now. But uh, if you like quizzes, you can hear me on an episode hopefully should be out next week. Uh, it's now on a podcast feed uh, on ASSR. It's uh, the return of Quiz Showdown. It's our wheel quiz that we do. It's a, lot, it's a bit of fun and the theme for this episode, I've been told, is WWE in the UK ahead of Clash at the Castle. So um, I'm sure there'll be some questions about, you know, you remember that time they came to the UK for that rebellion where fuck all happened? Well, here's some questions about it, but <laughs> that'll be a laugh. But uh, at some point in the next couple of months, I'm going to be hosting a version of Quiz Showdown. Don't know when yet, but we're hoping it'll be on both audio and video, you know, on YouTube for you to watch. I'll be hosting a Star Wars related one, which I've been wanting to do for a long time. I bet you have. Well, I have. I was waiting for Kenobi to end so I could finish it. Kenobi's been over for a while, but I haven't finished it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a wheel related round, including the last round, mainly so I could I, I could name around Wheel of the Fates. <laughs> God. Ah. <laughs> uh, all sorts of puns with me. But yeah, that's all the stuff I've got coming up. But me and Carl also have this show where we'll bring you the next year episodes of Boys uh, very soon. And then we'll be on back, maybe back to the MCU if, bloody, if 
Disney Plus bucks up their ideas and maybe we'll cover She-Hulk, but that's all to come soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just double, just double our fees, uh, Mr. <laughs> Disney. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, finding the right streaming service to, to cover is not easy, much like Podden. <laughs> bye everyone. Bye. And very special guest, Soldier Boy. Fab Five Freddy told me everybody's fly. DJ spinning, I said, my, my. Flash is fast, flash is cool. Francois Sapa, flash ain't no dude, and you don't stop. Sure shot, go out to the parking lot. And you get in your car, and you drive real far, and you drive all night, then you see a light. It comes right down, and lands on the ground, and out comes a man from Mars. And you try to run, but he's got a gun. And he shoots you dead, and he eats your head. And then you're in the man from Mars, and you go out at night. Eating cars, you eat Cadillacs, Lincolns too, Mercury's and Subaru, and you don't stop. You keep on eating cars. Then, when there's no more cars, you go out at night and eat up bars where the people meet face to face, dance cheek to cheek, one to one, man to man, dance toe to toe.